you wouldn't feel good about it after. Yeah, no, I'd be like, I'm a problematic feminist. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a regular Lizzo. Sorry, oh! There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Zeus's butthole. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. I will not give that order. <laughs> Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Dave? This is Shitty Cinema. We are back for season five. And this month, we are looking at one of the gods of the form of this film. We're looking at Nicolas Cage movies. It's Uncaged Month, baby. And it's having an effect on all of us, I think. <laughs> it's. I'm starting to turn a corner where I'm like, wait. I'm liking this again. Uh, you know, is this bad or is it some new avant-garde form that is just before its time? Is this cinematic dada? I don't know anymore. The real message of this episode is what happens when you watch four weeks of Nicolas Cage movies and how it affects your psyche. <laughs> Somebody give us a grant to do that study, please. <laughs> Last week, we watched the horribly titled Next I hate the title of that movie so much, I've and we all already the- forgotten what it was about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Nick yeah, Cage yeah. can see into the future. Yeah, horrible ending. Horrible. The ending. most Ruined unrealistic part me. was him banging Jessica Biel. <laughs> this is yeah. a fantasy. That's also a theme. That. This is a fantasy. That's film. gonna be a theme with Nick Cage. This week we watched him bang someone else while he got hot yogurt poured over his toes. <laughs> forgot i willfully forgot i know you did but i'm never gonna let you oh the smell so casey what did we watch this week so we took it to the streets i did an instagram poll of what we should do this wild card last week the people have spoken we watched 1996's the rock starring nicholas cage sean connery and a smattering of other famous people who got maybe four minutes screen time. Yeah, yeah. But just so many people that you're like, hey, that guy. So many famous people. It's like being hammered and walking through a concert and seeing a bunch of people that you kind of fringe know that you have positive feelings for. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to go back and talk to them later. And then you never do. But you're always like, no, I'm glad they're doing well. That was this movie in a nutshell. <laughs> um, but it is. it was filmed... At Alcatraz, which is Spanish for Pelican, in case you needed to know that. <laughs> um, thanks, last podcast. I learned a lot from you. Um, Great. This movie, I remember watching it as a kid and loving it. It was a little different coming back to it. Case, for the last time this month, the last time you're going to be uncaged, you're going to need to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. What you thought was just a friendly tour through Alcatraz turned out to actually be a terrorist situation where you're locked in a real cell. The worst part about it is that when you turn around, you realize that your cellmate is actually Nick Cage. So in the 10 seconds before you have to listen to him go full Nick Cage... Sell us on this movie. It's a small sell for such a big ego. I'd be crushed immediately. Sean Connery is daddy, granddaddy, and papa breaking his back carrying this film. Nick Cage gives a 60% and is about as reliable as a ballerina's period. Nine seconds. <laughs> I thought Nick Cage was going to be the best part of this movie. Spoiler. He ain't. No. Absolutely not. He ain't, not. honey. Absolutely not. Let's let the audience make up their mind while we go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. A well-decorated and disillusioned military member decides to stand up for an important cause by turning into a terrorist so we can Stop. ignore the issue because he has moral failings. Stop. No, I, I, yeah, I said stop. tried to stop. Of course okay. we've heard About that About six times, it, each time we have seen that movie, 
a well-decorated military officer, stop, yeah, 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 yeah. becomes <laughs> disillusioned with stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Let's so see, on. Got, right there, we've got most of Steven Seagal's catalog. we got about yes. half of JCVD's catalog. Yeah. Two or three Arnold movies. Like, There's yeah. some Scott Atkins in there, a little Scotty A-bombs. Um, we've got some Dolph Lundgren. We've got some Sylvester Stallone. Um, yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty adjacent to Rambo, even. Yeah, it's Rambo yeah, adjacent. Oh yeah. You're you're basically just describing my Netflix watched category. <laughs> yeah. That's... Can we just start naming shitty cinema films that we've watched? For this? See a third of our catalog. Stop, <laughs> I guess. It shows up what a I lot. Said. All right, fair. Fair, fair. It's a great justification for gasoline explosions. Yes. In The Rock, General Hummel is right that the government does a really shit job at fulfilling its duty to veterans. Not a surprise. Taking 81 tourists prisoner at Alcatraz and aiming chemical warfare at San Francisco is not good praxis, though. Fuck the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> He's an Oakland fan. That's God, what it's about. I That's wish that about. had been the motivation. Yeah, yeah come on. That would have been fun. To take on General Hummel's elite Marines and save the 49ers, the FBI <laughs> partners up with the DOD to retake the island. This, of course, requires two bold moves. The first, we got to bring in the FBI pencil pusher and this week's Nick Cage character, Stanley Goodspeed. Goodspeed is a chemical weapons specialist and not a field agent. The other bold move is to get a mysterious prisoner to help the government infiltrate the rock. Yeah. And that mysterious prisoner is goddamn Sir Sean Connery. <laughs> Sir Daddy Sean Connery. Daddy fucking vibes the whole fucking time. Loved his long hair grunge look. Like, I know. I everything wish they was it. working wish for they me. Wish they would have kept it. I hate that he would slap the shit out of me. But <laughs> daddy. Sean Connery here is playing a slightly more roguish James Bond type character. Uh, his name's John Mason. He's ex-British SAS and has been locked up since before J. Edgar Hoover died because he stole some microfilm that would incriminate the FBI and a bunch of stuff. Hard proof that they killed MLK. It's He's part of the British SASS because he is sassy as fuck in this <laughs> movie, and I am living for it. <laughs> I'm dying for it. I'm existing because of it. He's always got a line. It's really, really impressive. The film spends a lot of time <clears throat> convincing Mason to join the effort. And we'll talk about that in just a bit. And he reluctantly joins to gain his freedom. See, they need Mason because he's the only person to have ever escaped Alcatraz. The Rock. Yeah, sorry. The Rock. We gotta, the gotta Rock. Gotta work that in there. We need our <laughs> Superman form. Unofficially, they did delete every record of it. True. They, they go out of their way to point out that officially he doesn't exist, no one ever escaped, yada, yada, yada. He's brought along to get the SEALs in. Once they find the bombs General Hummel's team borrowed from the government, Goodspeed is going to have to disarm them. Mason gets the SEALs into the prison. Entering the building proper, the SEALs trigger a motion sensor and are gunned down by Hummel's Marines, leaving just Goodspeed and Mason. Ooh, who could have foresaw that? After some pretty explosions, this is Michael fucking Bay we're talking about, we get the first Will Mason helper runoff scene. Yeah, spoilers, Mason never runs off. They're going to do this scene a lot. He always comes back. <laughs> Where is he going to go? Where is he going to go? He's already on the island. It's not like he can just like go blend into the crowd and like walk off. He might as well help you. The two of them, without any of the Navy SEAL accompaniment, somehow managed to destroy 13 of the rocket guidance systems out of the 15 total. So, like, they really did not need anyone else for this. I know. I know. They get briefly imprisoned. Mason repeats his initial escape, but with good speed at his side this time. Um, which, again, seems to be slowing him down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They happen to get a window view when General Hummel fires a rocket directly towards the mainland to kill off the 49ers. <laughs> he does aim it at a football stadium. There's a bunch of people there because Hummel had demanded a payment from the government and was met with a, the U.S. doesn't negotiate with terrorists, which is about as true now as it is when Reagan said it and then negotiated with terrorists to fund the violent takeover of sovereign countries against the express orders of Congress. Yeah, we don't negotiate. We just fund them. Yeah, there's sort of the same thing here. Anyway, the government's just stalling. So Hummel orders a rocket fired and at the last moment diverts it into the ocean, which leads to the most hilarious scene of the film. 
I just love that like Mason gets in on it from the door. He's, you know, on the out there outside. He sees them start shooting each other. He starts shooting them when in Rome. Eh, you know, you see, you see your opportunity. You take it. <laughs> As Hummel's dying on the floor, he tells Goodspeed where the last rocket is. Goodspeed manages to disarm it, barely surviving a subsequent attack by the last remaining Marine, and is faced with another problem. Government's about to blow up the rock because they haven't heard from them in, like, a day. All right, for once, there's a synergy between how Michael Bay loves to solve problems and how the government loves to solve problems. Blow it up. Look, I'm just saying, you point a camera at it and let me see the footage. I feel a lot better about it in either scenario. <laughs> Goodspeed signals mission complete, but the rock still gets a little bit bombed because, you know, we need a last minute, oh, no, is he going to die moment, and Michael Bay had some gasoline left over. We're already there. <laughs> Goodspeed then radios in mission complete, telling his boss that Mason was vaporized in an explosion. In reality, Goodspeed is being a G and lets Mason escape instead of being taken back to prison. In exchange, Mason gives Goodspeed the location of the microfilm. The film closes with Goodspeed running out of a church with a preacher in tow. He hops in an old car with Just Married on the back as his wife takes off, cans rattling behind the car. Great idea to have a super identifiable vehicle while you're committing right. property destruction. <laughs> uh, right. A bulldog stands on Goodspeed's lap while he proclaims, oh, that's what killed JFK. I, which I have questions about. Like, what was on that microfilm? Was someone holding up a dated newspaper and a cardboard sign saying, I'm it about me. to kill JFK? Like, it's the guys on the grassy knoll, and they're pointing at the clock tower, making dumb faces. Mm. <laughs> like, they're holding up a photo of JFK with his eyes crossed out. <laughs> right. Like, I really want to know how he so quickly understands that he's looking at JFK's true killers. And I love the idea that JFK's true killers are caught because they were taking dumb selfies on the grassy knoll. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of the JFK assassination being, you know, 15-year-old um, TikToker equivalents. <laughs> <laughs> can I say something? Can I, can I nitpick no. for a moment the no. ending of this film? When Sean Connery and Nick Cage are parting ways at the end, Sean Connery hands him a note that's like, go to Kansas, look at this church in the foot of the pew. And it's a it's a two sentence note, and they're standing. He hands it to him. Nick Cage immediately opens it. Yes. Reads the two sentences. Looks up. Sean Connery's halfway across the island. So I have yeah. two. Th I <laughs> yeah. have two theories 100%. here. Either he can teleport, and that's how he really escaped the rock the first time. Uh huh. Or B, Nicholas Cage is an at risk learner and a very slow reader. <laughs> it took him. So long to read those two sentences, Sean Connery had all the time in the world, which makes him even less credible as a biological defense scientist or whatever the fuck uh, he is. See, you know what? This is actually what actually what caused that is there's a deleted scene. Um, if you watch the extended edition, Sean Connery actually hands him a cootie catcher and he's <laughs> okay. working his way through that and yes. it, it just it felt weird in the moment but then it left this plot hole of how Sean Connery got so far away okay name of your crush <laughs> S-E-A-N okay flip that one favorite color R-E-D yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it was 96 my favorite part about that scene case is that Michael Bay shoots it like an anime. There's the scene of the two next to each other where Sean Connery gives Nick Cage the note and then they cut to the note. And then when they cut back, it's Nick Cage. There's a broken wall. So there's a gap like where a building would be. And then on the other side of that is another walkway. And you see Nick or Sean Connery, like in that framing. Yeah. yeah it does teleport. look like and it's like an anime when like the characters are like, disappearing farther into the distance it looks like an anime intro like i needed some like flower petals yeah. and all of a sudden like the screen cut to negative and then mm -hmm. like the song got more dramatic like at first it was like and then the fucking guitars come in i don't think it's even a walkway that he's on in the background i think it's the top of a broken wall like, it looks not, like it. There's sure. not really a good reason for him to be on there at all other than it looks fucking sweet I'm getting the mass tuxedo vibes from it. Like Nick Cage's Sailor Moon and he's just like going off. 
Yeah, I had the exact same thought during that sequence of like, wait a minute, how the fuck did Sean Connery suddenly get like roughly 40 yards away in the time it took Nicolas Cage to unfold a very small note? But also do so unnoticed. Yeah. Because oh, Nick yeah. Cage is like, where'd he go? Oh, there he is. Yeah, it's it's like a full-on like Batman moment. He turns around, he's suddenly <laughs> way away. He looks again, and he's completely disappeared. I half expected there to be some like mystical Indian flute music playing behind it. That would be that would be a Steven Seagal film. I would have better I would have better enjoyed Batman the animated series soundtrack coming in. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's talk about the star of this film, Sean Connery. Nick Cage. Oh Sean Connery. <laughs> Nick Cage is probably top build, but the yeah, actual Nick Cage star is the main character. Sean Connery is, Sean is Connery. the star. Oh, right, 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 right. Um This is this is a great return to form for Sean Connery. He chews through every oh. scene that he is in, and it feels like what I love about James Bond when he plays James Bond. So his whole backstory is he's a CIA or a British, whatever, SAS dude. He comes steal some secrets. They catch him going over the Canadian border. They put him in Alcatraz because they're like, oh, he's naughty. And he doesn't exist because he de- can't know all these super secret secrets. Mm-hmm. He There's no trial. They point. just lock him up. You know, they just lock him up. But hey, and one of the guys that works for, I don't know, the DOD is one of the guys that had a hand in doing that. So he's got beef there. So he escapes the rock at some point in the 70s to father Claire Forlani, who is in this film for one fucking scene as his daughter. Which is a crime. She just does her classic, I look confused and also like someone farted look, but I'm also very hot. <laughs> yeah, um, that's it. Is that's the weirdly distant from her dad. I mean, because it's her dad, but he's my daddy. Um, so she's never brought up again. We don't know if after Sean Connery escapes for a second time, if he, but I wouldn't because the block is hot and that guy doesn't believe you're dead, really. So, I mean, like, I mean, that's definitely still can't the first go to his daughter. Go check. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I absolutely love uh, Sean Connery's character in this movie. I love the way he delivers every single line of dialogue. There is a classic yes. line from, well, I'm not going to call classic, but it's the one everyone references when Sean Connery says, Losers always whine about doing their best. Winners go <laughs> home and fuck the prom queen. And I have never heard a deli- I It's like watching an actor on SNL break because they can't get through a line. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, is he not a modern day Yoda? Like, he had the best <laughs> advice. Try, there is no try. Yeah. Losers always talk about doing their best. It's Winners true. go home and fuck the prom queen. So there is actually a very popular fan theory that Sean Connery's character in this movie is James Bond. Really? Yes. So it it goes with the theory that James Bond is a title that is given to various agents at different times. So it's meant that it's literally his same agent Bond was captured at some point. Both forces just disavowed him and he got thrown into CIA black ops. And that's who this character is. I love that, and I wish that they would have, like, done more homage to that to make it a heavier-handed implication. Doesn't it kind of work, though? Yes! I received this. It's so good. I really wish that was the official plot line, because I absolutely love it. And the idea that James Bond broke out of Alcatraz, all the dialogue works completely with Connery's Bond. Correct. It's just great. I would have loved that a lot more. There's... There's... (sighs) So one of the one of the things that always confuses me about The Rock is how much time they spend on building Connery's backstory and like setting him up to be an emotional engagement. Though it isn't until an hour into the film that we actually get onto The Rock because most of that is setting up more Sean Connery than Nick Cage's character. And him being Bond would make that payoff so much more. Yeah, you know, you don't even have to do it explicitly. Just give us like a right. a double O wink at the end of it, and then we yeah. all head out. Right. But also, it's kind of good because you know James Bond is responsible for a lot of debt, so at least he had to pay for some of his crimes. You know what I mean? Like it's went okay. Now he's free and clear. He did like thirty years in jail, twenty years in jail. Let him out and let him go fuck off to a beach. 
The one problem with that theory case of Sean Connery being James Bond is that that would make Claire Forlani Bond's daughter, which just increases the attraction. Like, a hundred percent. Whoa! I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah, that's 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 a little too much pressure for me. Right. I, right. I, I can't deal with James Bond as a stepfather. <laughs> I've only watched two and a half of the movies, so I accept this mission. I'm not scared. Ha- like life insurance must be really expensive if you are related to James Bond. Yeah, it's like a Jackie Chan situation. Like you don't have it. Hundred no, percent odds you're making a claim at some point. Right. Right. Connery also does one of the most intense scenes of the film, where after he's one of his his conditions for getting out of prison is to get a hotel room and they put him up at the top of this hotel in a suite and when he's getting his hair cut he takes a length of string ties it around his arm into a slipknot and then grabs the fbi director that he has beef with wraps it around the slipknot around his wrist and uses that to toss him off the side of a balcony hanging him by his wrist and arm and it is visceral and like when I watch that every time, I cringe and think of what his wrist and fucking shoulder just tearing out a fucking socket would be like. Your cuff is juice. Jesus Your Christ. rotator cuff is juice. Yeah. yeah. And your wrist is destroyed. Yeah. Also, this man that he's dangling off the side of a building by his wrist is, what, 55, maybe pushing 60? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, he spends the rest of a film in a sling, which is at least they kept that accurate. They weren't like, oh, he's fine. Like, no, yeah, yeah, no but you don't like, just do that and you're fine. I think he'd be in a lot more than a sling, probably. Yeah, like that. Man's, you can do I think that man's in a hospital bed. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. He has those government drugs. <laughs> and they do them frequently. So no. like, he's got his own. He's got his own cabinet in his bathroom. Don't you worry about him. Dave, he's a high-up government official. They're lizard yeah. people. They heal differently. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. So you know what? 100%. The, the, the arm just popped off, and it was regenerating a new one. They put it in the Correct. Sink, yeah. so you don't see the little baby arm like Deadpool. Exactly. You get it. Yeah, that hurts so much to watch every single time when he drops him over the side of that. I do appreciate that they didn't uh, – that they had Nick Cage just hold him there. And they waited until other people came out to pull him back up. Because every time I watch it, there's a brief moment where I think Nick Cage by himself is going to haul this 60-year-old man back up. And I go, no, you can't. (laughs) No. Okay, which let me just segue that into Nick Cage had to have an excuse to have his shirt off in this film, which was completely unnecessary. We didn't need your shirt off, not once. Which was during the awful awkward sex scene on the roof of their apartment in San Francisco. Everybody's on top of each other. Your neighbors can see you. Yeah, they're on the roof of their, I guess, apartment building, and it is very clear. So that's a shared space. Yeah, shared space. It is very clear that there are other roofs and windows that can see them. They're just, you know, like in a lawn chair, and he is fully inside her, and it hits me like a freight train every goddamn time. (laughs) Every time. So this was one of the few movies, rated R movies, that my mom allowed me to watch. I'd seen a bunch by then. It's just one of the ones she thought like, oh, this is only like her fifth or sixth one. Okay, mom. (laughs) I remember my mom being like, whoop, clamping the the hand over my eyes. And honestly, I wish she would have been there with me yesterday to do it. (laughs) Because I I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see it. She had good horse sense. Yeah, it's a really unfortunate sex scene. I don't know how they managed to film a sex scene where without showing me Nick Cage's genitals, I somehow knew he was only sporting a half erection. (laughs) Yeah, because he's... a marshmallow coin slot situation. You think maybe it's the exhibitionism thing? Like maybe his girl's really into doing it on the rooftop, but he is just super not, and that's, you know, he's just not into it. And they're like, oh, God. I'm sorry. You're pregnant. You got what you wanted, honey. We're doing sex my way for a while. Oh, God. I just saw the old lady <laughs> in 7B at the window. We made eye contact. <laughs> She's smiling. And that's the one moment that he gets a full-on heart <laughs> I am absolutely annoyed at how bored he is with that sex with her because she's fucking 
gorgeous. Her boredom is understandable. You have to emotionally distance yourself from this situation. <laughs> Turn off your brain and go somewhere else. A survival mechanism. Nick Cage, once again, you are batting out of your fucking league. Right. Every goddamn week. But every time. But here's the other thing is in real life, he bangs some badass broads, but it's, it's because he's insane and rich. I'm, I'm sorry. There's nothing Nick Cage. Not that he would want to. I'm not like, oh, look at me. There's nothing <laughs> Nick Cage could give me that'd be like, yeah, I want to fuck this guy. Nick Cage, get out of Casey's DMs. <laughs> get yeah, out. It's Come embarrassing on, at this get point. Out. You remember when Van Damme hit on me when Van Damme was in my DMs? Like yeah. the real Van Damme, yeah. 369 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, sorry, babe. Yeah, yeah. Your time's up. The whole girlfriend arc in The Rock is absolutely ridiculous, too, because he seems like in the beginning of the movie, he's about to break up with her. And then she's like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, ooh. And she's like, marry me. And he's like, But then as soon as we're at a terrorist threat, he's like, that's my fiance. My girlfriend's pregnant. I got things to live for. Yeah. Yeah. There's no transition there's no like reflection he just seems annoyed with her and then suddenly everything is about her and also I don't buy like she's like we have to get married i'm pregnant i'm from a catholic family honey it's 1996 and you look 40 <laughs> like i think your mom is more like probably as a catholic upset that you might be gay and she'll be relieved. And you're like, oh my God, she's pregnant by a human man. It's 1996. I, I'm sorry. Did the two of you miss at the start of this movie when it said directed by Michael Bay? <laughs> okay, okay. Let's let's talk Michael Bay for a moment. God, can we? A lot of explosions. <laughs> the one that stuck out to me the most was when Sean Connery and Nick Cage first get to the rack with the Navy SEALs. And the Navy SEALs go up, get shot in a question mark, blaze of glory question mark. I I did just, it in Spanish, you know, like I mean question marks I, in each I'd side. go more fish in a barrel, but yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. But once they realize, because Nick Cage at no point tries to ever fucking be quiet or whisper in this film while they're trying to sneak around, he's just like. I'm yelling at you, Zeus's butthole. And there's and hiding in the suit. They're supposed to be dead, so shut the fuck up. So Sean Connery and Nick Cage are trying to skitter out of the sewers because that's how they're making their way to go find the morgue and because that's where the rockets are. And Dr. Cox and gang drop, I don't know, what did they drop down the hole? Uh, it's like a fuel canister that presumably has some it's kind of like explosive. It's like napalm or some shit, <clears throat> something... Highly flammable, highly explosive, explosive. something. So it goes off. Nick Cage and Sean Connery dive into the ick ick sewer water Mm -hmm. that's just deep enough for them to, you know, be completely covered. There's so much fire that it is blowing manhole covers off. It's like shooting out like this looks like several hundred feet worth of flame. Are you telling me that a foot and a half of water is going to completely protect you? I'm telling you that it looks fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah. That's about as far. They did that for real. They actually dove underwater and set off an explosion above them. And neither Sean Connery or Nick Cage were happy with that at all. Did they really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Like, obviously, like, all the other stuff, like the manholes being blown off, like, that right. was all filmed separately. But, yeah, they right. actually had fire going over the water as they were diving underneath it. And Sean Connery had to be convinced to film that one for real. That scene looks what pretty cool. afterwards? It looks sweet. It yeah. looks sweet. Yeah, it so looks with they, my they complaint, let me also just say, it looks fucking sweet. Yeah, because they're they're obviously diving into a big body of water. They shoot it quite low so that you can see both full human bodies diving in as the flames race over them. I wondered why it looks so cool. I guess that makes a whole lot of sense, that it's actually them swimming while they shoot flames right. above them. I, look, that's one of the reliable things about Michael Bay. If something is blowing up, if he could do it for real, he could <laughs> do it for real. Fair! Wow. That man, abs- uh, in, in this movie, is his most intense sugar rush of the time period. Like, 
even when they're not blowing things up, the camera is swooping around like a goddamn pigeon while Jack Sparrow music plays in the background. Oh Thank my God. you. Okay, oh my God. does Jerry Bruckheimer only hire one guy to do his music? And he's like, okay, let's do a little... I kept singing the Pirates theme <laughs> over did. this. Every time. Every time. Oh, my. It's just, I now need to go watch more movies of his to find that theme. I'm just like, it's one yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like a shot of, like, Nick Cage talking about some bullshit that doesn't matter. Or, like, a soldier shouting a generic soldier line. And in the background, yeah, it is just full Bruckheimer. Casey. Tell your men to put their weapons down. I will not give that order. Casey, tell your men to put their weapons down. I will not give that order. <laughs> oh, my God. Hold on. Remember how we talked about Sean Connery moving back in the scene in a very anime-style way? This was a very anime-style cutscene back and forth. Yeah. We got hard cuts, zooming in tighter, people yelling the same thing back and forth to each other. It's escalating. What's going to happen? Violence. May this is just an anime. Michael Bay just makes fucking. Oh my god, we need Michael Bay to make a live action anime. Michael Anabe. Oh my. All right. Is Transformers a live action anime? <laughs> sort of. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Ed Harris, by the way, was apparently infuriated with the way Michael Bay shot this movie, with just them how like. Because he was apparently trying to do more full body acting, and Michael Bay's just shooting tight in on his face, zoom <laughs> on the face, swoop yeah. from the left, swoop from the right. He just loved the camera. Dude, I loved Ed Harris in this movie. I thought he did a fantastic job for the script he was given. Really, he all, was the only serious actor in this film, in my opinion. All, all of our quote unquote ah. villainous marines, I thought, absolutely nailed their role within the film. Agreed. Ed Harris, I, I, as yeah, the, no, he as killed the evil it. General with the heart of gold was great. I thought he he sold the emotions he was supposed to really well. Yes, uh, his men that mutiny and like clearly just want to murder the 49ers. They're hilariously evil but they killed it in like team. four lines of dialogue they sold they down did. that motivation completely they're all fucking great one of the crimes that i think the rock commits is stacking it with a bunch of people or and characters that don't get enough character development i would have loved to have seen a little bit more of the marines i would have loved to have seen a little bit more of william forsyth as an fbi agent because he was a lot of fun in the tiny little bits that we got him john c mckinley dr cox right would have been great like I, Can or, I say something problematic? Yeah. If we would have gotten rid of the women and their plot lines in this movie, <laughs> it would have opened up more room for something more enjoyable. You know, but do, I mean, do it as it's like It's not some, the women actor. It's, no, 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 no. It's what was given to no, you. I don't disagree. We just turned it into some like weird crypto-fascist 12 angry men. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I, I don't I don't want to completely eliminate the women's storylines just because the scene when Nick Cage's fiance thinks he's about to be blown up and she's like begging them, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. And William Forsyth is comforting her. It's like one shot and it is far and away the most emotional moment of the entire film. Oh, like, yeah, it really is. It really is. I like it, there's one shot where he's holding her as they're about to drop the bombs. And I was sitting there going, oh, my God, how did you manage to sneak that in here, William? William Forsyth is a fucking gem. He really is. Always. You know, always. There's only one other moment that comes close to like having an emotional payoff, but it immediately turns it, it Michael Bay's immediately and it's yeah, where yeah. where they they um in a moment we'll talk about in a moment the chase through the San Francisco, but the end of that chase winds up at a park where Sean Connery meets with his daughter and Nick Cage gets him out of it and, and kind of saves face for Sean Connery in front of his daughter because yeah. his daughter thinks that he rightly broke out of prison. Right. And which instead, did. right, which he did. Instead, Nick Cage is like, no, 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 he's working with us. He's helping us. And it, and it really is about to pay off into this emotional character development moment. And then Nick Cage goes all angry on him because Michael Bay's like, we need some fucking tension yeah, yeah, and drama yeah. here. Michael Bay was starting to vibrate with boredom in his director's chair. Right, right. So yeah, yeah. That that scene really is that brief scene where uh, Williams Forsyth is 
is comforting the girlfriend is the only emotional payoff we really get I, in this film. I, William Forsyth's FBI character was great. I would have loved to see more of him. Uh, so, John yes. Spencer as the FBI director Womack that locked up Mason. Loved him. He's a phenomenal yes. villain. Really would have loved to see more from him. Very right. unlikable. Ed Harris can't do anything wrong. So just like uh, right. literally anything no, Ed he Harris was perfect. does, I'm in on. Um, I was like, no, I'm I'm kind of agreeing with everything he's saying. I, he's a hundred percent right. I don't agree it's with anyone's wrong. plan of action. Right. But I also agree with everyone's response. <laughs> like there, there's, right. a, there's a reason that I opened the plot with a character who has very valid criticisms, but we ignore them because he has moral failings. I right? didn't the, I didn't think he had a single failing. <laughs> The 81 uninvolved hostages in this chemical warfare. They're American, American tourists who are the worst. As an American tourist, let me say, we're the worst. There was only one hostage I wanted to survive, and it was the comedian. She gets like literally two lines when they first get locked up. She's like, what the fuck? She's fucking hilarious. The rest <laughs> of them, bye. So Ed Harris may have been lightly a terrorist, I guess, kind of. <laughs> may have committed some light terrorism. Light terrorism. He didn't do anything to anybody. He diverted his rocket into the ocean. Right. But he the just fired VX a warning gas. chemical warfare shot. Right. Diet caffeine-free terrorism. Just one calorie. The VX gas that he is threatening everybody with, it looks nasty. It's worse oh, yeah. than the Steven Seagal gas from yeah. uh, that really, Diet Waco movie. Really glad they didn't just make it a nuke. That would have been very du jour for the oh, time. Great. And right. yeah. it wouldn't have been anywhere near as intimidating. The movie spends a lot of time, relatively speaking, going over how nasty this VX nerve gas is and like straight up showing us the, uh, the effects of skin it. Skin boiling and shit. More than just skin boiling. Nick Cage gives us a very visceral description of what happens because it first paralyzes your ability to breathe and get oxygen and then you start spasming so hard that your back breaks. And then you They didn't show any of that, though. Right. It, they don't show that, but they describe that, that, that while your flesh is being eaten. So you really got to get in how bad that I so I love the VX gas which I think thankfully that this is, is how we found weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> <laughs> so thank I, you. I I love the concept. I think it's a really cool chemical warfare. I love the the fake fictional terrifying weapons. I also love that they get to play on the effect that it's artificial and man created and so Nick Cage is like, "Oh, we wish we could uninvent it." You know, I I love that whole concept. Yeah, yeah. I love that they looked like the bath balls that your mom had in the 90s that had oil in them that yes. she just dropped, but like bigger versions. So I guess my question is, is like they they launch these rockets. Mm -hmm. It explodes and it's like a aerosol type attack. But I guess if it goes into water, it's inert. So when they, I hope, or else them fish are fucked up or the water's just oily because they really are just bath bombs. But he does put one in the mouth of a guy and then gives him an uppercut so he oh, plays yeah. into it. So he With like immediately gets the like flesh melting and yeah. everything like it's, that. It's a really cool nerve gas and Michael Bay, ha you know, Michael Bay is Michael Bay. So it has to look <laughs> cool too. So this nerve gas is contained, as Casey said, in these like little glass balls in a string of pearls, which if you think about makes zero sense whatsoever. And I don't it's understand so how these rockets can launch without them breaking. But right. it looks sweet, so who yes. cares? Yes. And yeah, Nick Cage at one point breaks off one of these, you know, like pearls from the string, sticks it in a guy's mouth he's fighting, who for some reason doesn't just, you know, close his mouth. You know how you always fight with your mouth as wide open as possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if someone tries yeah. to jam something in there, you do nothing about it? The no, size no, of no, a tangerine. No. You just make <laughs> Looney Tunes eyes at him and seem confused with the situation? What? Also, I was upset because Nick Cage like put that in his pocket before said fight. Yeah, he was yeah, getting kicked yeah. in the chest. Like, right. buddy, that broke on you the minute you put it in the pocket. Why wouldn't you just like set it down somewhere, put it in a drawer, nearly fight the guy? Yeah. He's got it in yeah. his pocket while he's doing bad parkour throughout the island of Alcatraz. <laughs> that shit broke a while ago. Oh my god. Okay, but so they have a cure. Here's the worst part. Yeah, here's the worst part. The cure. 
or the antidote to this that you have to take within like 60 to 90 seconds of getting this exposed, which is stabbing a four inch needle directly into your heart. Pulp Fiction style, baby. Right into the heart. So you got to know exactly where your heart is. You got to know where your ribs are at. There's no take backsies. <laughs> How do you not puncture a lung? Yeah, and again, great job from the movie in setting this up because we get at the beginning of the movie an unrelated scene with Nick Cage in uh, working on a different type of weapon where they almost have to administer the heart shot and a couple of the characters talk about, oh man, I almost stabbed myself in the fucking heart with this. Like they really set up how severe this is to do. Then we get another scene as they're getting ready to go on the island where one of the military guys talks about how you have to do this within 60 seconds. It really sets up the severity of it. It wasn't like they just, you know, pulled it out. They didn't put a flashback in of that in that moment. They really set up the severity of him stabbing himself with it. And it gave it that full Pulp Fiction impact when he finally does. Although, Although he stabs himself in the solar disagree. plexus. He does. He yeah, no. This is his heart. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. It's so low. And they never actually show him taking it back out. So later on, I was confused. No. Why doesn't he have a needle sticking out of his chest? Right? I Yeah, I was so confused why he was, like, getting himself in the upper stomach. Um, I Listen, I am in no way a nurse, but I know that's not where your heart is. And the needle is not... Like a fiber optic <laughs> needle where it can just it's like. It's just going to worm around <laughs> in there and find its way. Right. Right, right, right. I want to see the like one time you hit a rib and you're just like, fuck. And then you have to like do it. Like hold your fingers and then, you know. Honestly, it better to be lining up and then run into something. Yeah, Nick Cage stabs himself and just goes, nope, that was a lung. And then it's just him wheezing <laughs> on the ground yeah. and the bombs yeah. drop. Yeah. The needle was necessary for Nick Cage's character arc, though, because Nick Cage's character arc in this movie is of a man who goes from a chemical weapons nerd with three weeks weapons training who has never killed a man to a man who sets up Elton John one-liners before he kills people. Yeah. Honestly, something he's been dreaming about. This whole time Clearly, and never 100%. acted on. The man the man has watched way too many James Bond movies. He has desperately wanted to have his one-liner witty repartee moment. And it is the most forced action movie one-liner that I have ever seen in a very long career of these movies. Yeah, it was. It's so bad. It was real bad. Yeah, Nick Cage maneuvers the man so he's standing in front of a rocket. Asks him if he likes the Elton John song Rocket Man. To which the man replies, I don't like that soft ass shit. And then it makes me giggle every time. Yeah, every time. Every time. Yeah. The response is the best part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Nick Cage says, oh, it's because it's you. You're the rocket man. And then launches the rocket into his chest. And it looks cool. But like, my God, man, that was a long walk to get there. <laughs> it's such a long, awkward setup. It does look cool, though, when he's blasted through a window, pushed out by the rocket, and then falls into the sea. Right. Like it. It's it a great way to kill right. someone. But it would have genuinely been better had they just done an archer shit, I had something for this, and then blasted him with the rock. Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't... Some Michael Bay does get a lot of the action right, though. I, I think one of the most iconic sequences in this film is when Sean Connery steals a Hummer and Nick Cage steals a Ferrari and they chase each other. Well, Nick Cage chases Sean Connery through the streets of San Francisco with... Tons of Sean Connery running into things, trying to keep people from preventing cars blowing up. At one point, Sean Connery runs into the fucking trolley and knocks it off into a giant explosion. That's what they warn us about in San Francisco is like trolleys will explode. Yeah. So if you hear <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow music, run. <laughs> it doesn't just explode. It gets derailed. It rolls end over end down the hill. It slides runs into a for park. a while. Yeah, slides for a while, runs into a parked car, which the parked car explodes immediately. And, yeah, obviously. And yet somehow the guy who is driving the trolley just walks away unscathed and is throwing his hat down and cussing like an old timey prospector. He's real angry about the whole scene, which I guess I mean, I get to an extent. He I mean, it it's uh, it's a Michael Bay. He couldn't end a scene any other way. So you kind of knew it was coming. 
I really love the race through the streets, though. I love the Ferrari smashing through stuff. I enjoy the Hummer running into things. It's, it's great. a great fucking car chase. I gotta be honest, completely unmemorable. I kept thinking back to the next chase scene where he doesn't beat the train, then he does beat the train. Oh, oh. I, mean, I, I I agree that it's a pretty iconic chase sequence. I love the beat in the middle of it after Nick Cage crashes uh, the Ferrari and some stoner dude stops his motorcycle to say, you just trashed your Ferrari, bro. And the camera swoops around Nick Cage as he gives him a druggy stare and says, it wasn't mine and steals his motorcycle. Yeah. 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 Where did he learn how to do that in a lab? You know, he's one of those movie scientists that's also into extreme sports. Oh, okay. All right. Dr. Ken Block. Excellent. All right. Well, before I just start rambling on about more dialogue I love in this movie, because there's, there's just so much. It's so cheesy and bad. We need to get down to brass tacks. Ask the question we do every week. Jay, let's kick it off with you. 1996, directed by Michael Bay and starring the fantastic Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage, The Rock. Would you watch it again? I, unsurprisingly, The Rock is a film that I've seen many times. And I'm not a huge Michael Bay fan. I'm, I, I would like to say that I'm not a big Nick Cage fan, but I'm not sure that that's really accurate. I yeah, have watched a, a lot of Nick Cage film detected. movies. Yeah, I don't know what this month has done to me. So we're going to back off that statement. But I, I've seen The Rock quite a lot. And I hadn't watched it in a while coming back to it. It, I, I was a little concerned about how long the fucking movie is. And I sat down mm. and I started watching it. And I'm like, why are we spending so much time setting up Sean Connery's character, especially because he's not directly Bond? And there's so much going on and there's tons of characters. But I had fun the whole time. It moved quickly. Sean Connery trues through scenes. Ed Harris is great. Nick Cage is a lot of fun. There's a bunch of shit that just doesn't make any sense. It's silly. The explosions are fun. I don't think it's a great piece of film, but I have fun every time I fucking watch it. And I would absolutely watch The Rock again. Love yeah. it. Love it. It's a wow. banger. But Casey, what about you? You haven't watched The Rock in a while. Would you watch it again? So... We like sat down and watched this as a family because this came out a couple years after we spent some time in San Francisco and went to The Rock. And yeah, I did a fucking dime in solitary <laughs> when I was nine. Ten minutes. I did like bitch. maybe like yeah, about five <laughs> ten minutes. Um, I did fine. I think I'd thrive. Um, so it's been a long time since I've watched this movie. This movie was slow. It took an hour for us to get on the rock with all of the main characters to be on the motherfucking rock. That's a downside. Other downside, the side story quest shit with, you know, Claire Forlani, the broad that's not J-Lo, which I, who I thought it was at a real quick glance. I mean, J-Lo, oh, no, no, no. Um, it's slow, but it's a Michael Bay film. So there, even when it's slow, there's explosions. Sean Connery fucking hoists this up on his back like Atlas and carries this film to glory. William Forsyth is a fucking gem. Needed more of him. Um, you know, I was looking a little bit more towards the substitute. I wanted him in those like coked out yellow yes. glasses. Yeah, if we could have added, but he was such a sweetheart in this. Like you said, Ed Harris is always perfect. He's always on. This this movie's no different. John C. McGinley could have used some more Dr. Cox in it, but hey, you have to stick with the role you were given. Um, yeah, I think I would watch oh! this movie again. When it's fun, it's really fun. Is it dumb? Fucking so dumb. But it's a great pop. It's a Michael Bay film. It's a good popcorn flick where I'm just like, I'm shutting my brain off. I'm here. Kind of wish Nick Cage would have died. But, you know, we can't always get what we want. Dave, did you get what you wanted? Did you get what you need? Would you watch 1996's The Rock again? I, man, I am kind of shocked to hear you say that you thought this movie was slow. I, yeah. It took an hour to get on the fucking rock. It, it, it may have taken an hour narratively to get us on the rock, 
but meanwhile, in terms of what they're shooting, it is all gas, no brakes. They cannot right. go two minutes without introducing a new subplot or somebody staring dramatically into the middle distance or somebody saying some shit. When Sean Connery throws a knife at a guy's throat, we don't just cut to the knife in there. We follow the knife through the air like an arrow as the guy's screaming into his throat. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I'm not going to say Michael Bay makes good movies. Obviously, he does not. But Michael Bay makes the kind of movies that make you go, yeah, you know what? Let me get the large popcorn and a bag of chocolates to mix into it while I'm here because I'm going to fucking enjoy myself for the next shockingly two hours and 16 minutes. I cannot believe how long this movie is because it gets through them pretty goddamn quickly. Mm, that second hour, yes. The first hour, no. Michael Bay is a cinematic Margaritaville. You don't <laughs> seek it out, but when you are there, you live in the moment. Of Fully like, agree. Yes. It is a goddamn sugar rush of a film. I, I love nearly every second of it. Goddamn, yes, I'm watching The Rock again. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is so much fun every time I watch it. And Sean it Connery, I just love you. It's delightful. Thank you, Instagram, for suggesting this and voting this. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate you. I needed a good The Rocking. That's it, gang. Three out of three of us are going to watch The Rock again, which I'm kind of surprised it went down that way, but I'm very glad that it did. This is just, it's The Rock. If you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're doing. Go watch it right now. It's fucking great. It's so much Sean fun. Sean Connery is daddy, so tear up your birth certificate. But that is it for Uncaged Month. We need to move on from Mr. Nicholas Cage. I, I, I hate to say it, but we need to put it in the rearview mirror. So, Jay, what are we going to be doing next month? Ooh, we are going to be celebrating the spooky season in a special way. Next month is all about aliens, extraterrestrials, outer space, abductions. Yeah. It's Don't Get Probed Month. And we're going to kick it off with a Scott Adkins film from 2019, oh, simply Scotty titled Moms. Abduction. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this movie. Scotty A-Bombs is fantastic. Yeah, I, if the theme is don't get probed, why would you start with Scotty I'm probing oh. myself just thinking about him. We can get probed in a few ways. We really can. Well, you'll just have to wait till next week to tell us what you saw. Follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. Um, donate to our commissary fund, uh, Patreon slash Shitty Cinema, or PeepShittyCinema.com. Check out the show notes for those links. And in the meantime, let's turn out the lights. Tell your men to turn out those lights! Give an order. Turn out those lights! And do not comply with that order. Turn out those lights! Huh? <laughs>